Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 91. Today I will be talking about the murder of Private First Class Carlin Ramirez. My sources for today's episode are Dateline, Season 27, Episode 14, titled The Alibi, Oxygen.com, BaltimoreSun.com, Justice.gov, and CBS News. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. I just cried. I cried. I couldn't feel. My body went numb. I told her, Carlin's gone. She's gone. She was a beautiful young mom doing important work. She was an intelligence specialist. Some of her work was very sensitive, top secret. I believe she had top secret clearance. When she was found dead, everyone wondered, did her work cost her her life? I remembered him telling me that she come into a lot of money that she couldn't explain. Maybe she was selling secrets? Maybe. That's like out of a spy novel. What about other secrets? The personal kind. Carlin grew up in Del Rio, Texas, a military town near the Mexican border. Carlin was described as an easygoing child. Her mom, Susan, said Carlin loved to sing, and she loved to sing for her friends. Her friends said she had a big heart. And they said they loved to go out to the local bar scene and dance. Carlin went to college. She started by majoring in nursing, but changed it to criminal justice. But at 22 years old, Carlin enlisted in the Army. Susan was in the Army Reserves, along with several other female family members who were in the military. But during her time off, Carlin volunteered at an orphanage because she loved kids. While Carlin was stationed in Korea, she began dating a man named Malik Kearney, who was an Army sergeant. She was attracted to Malik's confidence and the way he carried himself. He was a decorated soldier and they loved to work out together. Carlin eventually told her friends that she and Malik were engaged and pregnant. Carlin was transferred to Fort Meade, Maryland, and it was home to one of the most secure agencies. It was top secret work and she didn't even share it with her mom. She loved it though. Malik was transferred to Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Carlin's friend Marissa was also a single mom, so Marissa said Carlin was the light of their office, and they decided to share a house together. It was near the base, but they had security issues. Carlin had told Marissa that she had come home one day and felt as if things were moved around. They kept their doors and windows locked. Carlin also told Marissa that it was really hard to be so far away from Malik, 500 miles away from him to be exact. In April 2015, Carlin gave birth to her daughter. Carlin loved to sing to her daughter, especially You Are My Sunshine. Three months after their daughter was born, Malik and Carlin got married in a small ceremony in South Carolina. Carlin and her daughter went back to Maryland, and Carlin again said distance was hard. Susan was also in contact with Carlin, sometimes even twice a day, but on August 25th, it was different. Susan called Carlin, but there was no answer. Carlin didn't answer a second time and didn't respond to an email. Susan told Carlin that she would call the police if Carlin didn't answer again. She called the commanding officer, and he promised that someone on base would look for her. Susan said she heard a car pull up and saw uniformed officers walking to her door. Susan said she felt sick, and they knocked on her door and said, We regret to inform you. She and her husband were notified that Carlin was dead. The Anne Arundel County Sheriff's Homicide Unit in Maryland were looking into Carlin's death. A maintenance worker had seen a dog walk into an unopened back door and called 911. 
Carlin was found in dead in her bedroom. Her daughter was found with her asleep next to her, but unharmed. Carlin was found lying on the floor. Her pants and underwear had been removed. Carlin's home was fingerprinted and tested for DNA. They also had to consider that Carlin was sexually assaulted, but would later determine that she hadn't been. Carlin had been shot three times, and a bullet was recovered on the floor. The caliber was narrowed down to a 357 38 special. The day after Carlin was found, the police flew to South Carolina to speak to Malik Kearney. Can you tell us about her? Malik's superior officer had given him only the vaguest of details about what happened to Carlin. It's a little hard to hear, but Malik appeared to be emotional and he said that Carlin was the love of his life and the police informed him that Carlin had been murdered. Malik said he didn't know of anyone who didn't like her or had anything against her. Malik was asked where he had been. He said he worked his shift and left around 2 p.m. and he stayed in his apartment till reporting to work the next day. The police had been told that Carlin was planning to divorce Malik, so the questions got more personal at the station. As an outsider, it looks like y'all were done. She was done with you, right? She didn't go. They'd learned about a brief relationship Carlin had with another soldier at Fort Meade shortly before she married Malik and asked him how he felt about that. It was before we married, and I forgave her. That's what I forgive and forget. Did you ever cheat on her when you were in an exclusive relationship with her? Cheat, no. Malik allowed the police to download his phone, let them take DNA, and offered up his bank records. He also let the police search his apartment and car. The police questioned Malik's neighbors, who said his car had never left the apartment. His apartment and car were clean, and his phone and Netflix account put him at home, 500 miles away from the crime scene. The police also checked license plate numbers from South Carolina to Maryland, and Malik's Jaguar wasn't anywhere to be found. Malik left the police station, and a week after her death, Carlin was laid to rest with full military honors. Susan was looking after Carlin's daughter, They also couldn't come up with anyone who'd want to hurt Carlin. The police spoke to Marissa, Carlin's roommate. The police looked into a man who Carlin had a brief relationship with before she married Malik, but he was also devastated by Carlin's death. He provided his phone an alibi and was cleared. After Malik was also cleared, the police had to wonder if Carlin's top secret work had made her a target. The police and her family had to wonder if Carlin had known information she wasn't supposed to, became a spy or had come into some money for selling secrets, but there was no evidence of any of it. Carlin and Marissa's house was taped off for almost a month, and it was being combed for forensics and any other evidence. Marissa said she was afraid because of what Carlin had told her about someone creeping around their home. The police looked extensively into Carlin's background in life. Susan would contact them several times a week, but they were getting no answers. By April, Malik had transferred to Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio. He spent time with his daughter on the weekends. A $20,000 reward was issued by the Maryland police, but there were no new leads or tips that came in. The FBI Behavioral Analysis Unit was also contacted, and they believed someone close to Carlin had killed her. The Maryland Police and Army Criminal Investigation Division had collected a lot of electronic evidence. They discovered a lot of information from the people that Malik was communicating with, 
There were many calls and texts between Malik and a woman named Dolores Delgado. Dolores was a former soldier who lived in Florida now. Dolores's phone put her in South Carolina during the time of the murder at Malik's apartment complex. In March 2016, the police went to Cocoa Beach, Florida to interview Dolores. She was very shocked and asked right away if they were there to talk about Malik. Dolores was asked about the night of the murder. She admitted to being with Malik at his apartment. Dolores said Malik went to bed and believed him to be there the whole night. She said they had been sexual for many years. Malik had lied to them and claimed he had not cheated on Carlin. The police were confused as to why Malik didn't tell them that Dolores was at his apartment if she could corroborate his alibi. But Dolores told the police that she and Malik had met and hooked up many years ago while they were overseas. Dolores also lied about owning a gun. The police said that she even said that she didn't know how to operate a gun. On her phone records, she was looking for a very specific gun. One message read, quote, my last 357, I paid 400, so I want to stay in that range, end quote. On Dolores' Facebook, there was more information about where she had purchased a gun. It led them to B&H Gun Rack near Dolores' home in Florida. Dolores had purchased a 357 revolver. The forms were all in Dolores' name, and it matched the caliber that had killed Carlin. Dolores had also put a box of ammunition for sale on Facebook. In the months after the murder, Dolores had moved to San Antonio to be closer to Malik. By August 2016, a year had passed since Carlin was killed. Malik had deleted several messages from Dolores. On the deleted messages, they had been talking about Dolores' gas mileage and about gas cans. How very Jody Arias of them to be talking about gas cans. Dolores' bank records showed that she had made a purchase at a Florida Home Depot. She had purchased two gas cans. It's believed that Dolores had provided Malik with gas cans, her car, and weapon. Dolores then stayed in Malik's apartment using his phone and Netflix to create an alibi for him. Malik killed Carlin and never had to stop for gas because he had gas cans in the car. Thirteen months after Carlin's death, Malik and Dolores were arrested in San Antonio. Out of the blue, I get a phone call at work, and they asked me if I could come to San Antonio that evening, and I said, for what? They said, there's been an arrest in your daughter's case, but he didn't tell me who. In San Antonio, Susan and her husband met with the federal prosecutor. They were told that Malik and his girlfriend were arrested. Susan was shocked because she had no idea Malik had a girlfriend and said this girl was just a nobody to them. After the arrests, an ex-boyfriend of Dolores's in Florida had come forward. He said he was hanging out with Dolores one night and they had gotten rid of the alleged murder weapon. The police met with the ex in Merritt Island, Florida. He said he and Dolores had burned some clothing and he dismantled a revolver and tossed it in the water. A dive team searched the water and found pieces of the gun. The pieces were sent to the crime lab in Quantico, Virginia. Brett Mills, a firearm expert, cleaned the gun. There was no serial number on the gun. The ex-boyfriend had tried to destroy it, but the experts were able to use acid to restore most of the numbers. In August 2018, Malik's trial began. He was charged with interstate travel to commit domestic violence. The prosecution paid in Malik as a killer who wanted Carlin dead for wanting a divorce. They also said he endangered his daughter who was left with Carlin. They pointed to the trail of text messages and photo messages. Dolores had sent pictures of her odometer to show how much mileage she had. In one message, Malik had test-fired the gun and said, quote, the gun is so damn loud, end quote. The serial number recovered matched the bill of sale that Dolores had purchased. All but one number were uncovered. Brett Mills was also able to identify the bullets that were fired from the gun that was recovered in Florida. 
Malik's interrogation tape was played to demonstrate his lies. Malik also never had asked how Carlin had died, which was also played for the jury. Dolores was the star witness. She had agreed to cooperate. She admitted that she would have done anything for Malik. She said after the murder, she was upset that Malik was going to visit his daughter and Carlin's family. According to CBS News, Dolores said, quote, I was upset he was playing the role of poor him, a widower, and letting her family comfort him. They should have been the ones to be comforted, end quote. Dolores also said she continued their relationship until they were arrested. The defense claimed that Dolores had killed Carlin. They said that Carlin, out, with Carlin out of the way, Dolores would have Malik all to herself. A text message that read, quote, crazy bitch is going to be put out, end quote, was sent from Dolores to a friend. Malik was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison plus 10 years. Dolores was sentenced to 17 years. Susan was in court every single day. How did that feel? Yes. Hearing the, I hearing was so guilty. glad. I was so glad because with the guilty verdict, I don't have to worry that I'm going to have to have any dealings with him. Malik was just pissed because Carlin had stood up to him and Dolores would have done anything for Malik. A recording of Carlin singing was put inside a teddy bear for her daughter. Carlin deserves to be watching her daughter grow up right now. Malik is a horrible human being for what he did. He left his daughter near her dying mother. Dolores is also human scum and deserves a lot longer than 17 years in prison, in my opinion. My book recommendation for this week is The Family Bones by L. Marr. Psychology student Olivia Erickson's family is notorious among true crime buffs. Faced with a legacy of psych psychopathy that spans generations, Olivia has spent much of her academic life trying to answer one chilling question, nature or nurture. Although she's kept a safe distance from her blood relatives for years, Olivia agrees to attend a weekend reunion. After all, her fiancé is eager to meet his future in-laws, and the gathering may give her a chance to interview her elusive grandfather about the family traits. But nothing is ever peaceful among the Ericsons for long. Olivia's favorite cousin is found dead in a nearby lake. Then another family member disappears. As a violent storm isolates the group further, Olivia's fears rise faster than the river, and an uninvited guest is about to join the party. True crime podcaster Birdie Tan has uncovered a disturbing mystery in her latest investigation, and she's following it right to the Ericsons' mountain resort. There's a deadly twist in the family plot that even Olivia doesn't see coming. I definitely connected with Birdie the most as a character, but all characters were well, were well written. The topic of Olivia dealing with nature versus nurture and if she'll end up like her family members is also kind of different from other true crime and thrillers I have read. I definitely enjoyed this book and I give it a 9 out of 10. I'd love to know what you think, so please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, email me at itscrimeoclocksummer at gmail.com, buy me a coffee, leave me a 5-star rating and review, and please let me know what cases you want me to cover. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's Crime O'Clock Somewhere.